0: LifeWay Lifeway Leadership Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to this episode of Making Disciples with Robbie Gallaty a resource to equip and encourage leaders to make disciples who make disciple-makers. I'm your host, Chris Swain, here with Robbie Gallaty, the pastor of Long Hollow Baptist Church, founder and president of Replicate Ministries. Today on the podcast, we're going to talk about an issue and topic that comes up quite a bit. We just got back from a large conference, and it was one of the topics that did come up a few times. It wasn't the most popular comment that came up, but it's one that I feel like there are a lot of listeners out there who struggle with this issue, and the issue is this. Here's today's topic. Drumroll, please. I'm kidding. Don't please don't give me a drumroll. That's <laughs> that's ter- terrible for the listeners out there and for me personally. Right now, frankly, uh, the title is "When Discipleship Groups Don't Work." When discipleship groups don't work, one of the backbones of the discipleship process. We have called it the capstone on the process. We've talked about how it helps us multiply, how it helps us stay highly accountable with one another. But what happens when a church attempts to roll out, implement, begin a discipleship group ministry in their church, and for whatever reason,
1: it does not work? Yeah, we hear this. We heard this at the convention uh, this summer. Uh, People would come up to us and say, man, I love the model. I love the pathway. Tried it. Didn't work. Yeah, my groups aren't working. My people aren't multiplying. I mean, you name it, every so, reason. We're going to go back to worship and Sunday school, and that's that's what we're going to go yeah. back to. Well, and,
0: right, yeah, or or they say they don't necessarily say we're going to go back to those, but that you just kind of get the sense that they've given up. Yeah.
1: So here's here's the thing, um, we realize that uh, there are a couple things you have to do on the front end to secure groups working on the back end, or just to uh, set them up uh, better on the yeah. back end.
0: So let's look at the – so basically some reasons why your groups might not have worked.
1: Yeah. The first thing is – and this is the big one – culture. And what you have to realize is culture eats strategy for breakfast. It eats implementation for lunch. (laughs) and it eats outcomes for dinner.
0: Wow, we got a three course quor- we got all day eating You got plan. a three course and meal. Culture is pretty strong. Yeah,
1: yeah, it eats, uh, Is culture obese? That's my question because it sounds sure, like well, it culture is, is <laughs> eating quite a bit. Culture is very hungry. Culture needs to go on a diet. It eats strategy, outcomes and implementation, well, here's what I mean by that is, uh, you can have the best idea, you can have the best plan, you can have the best strategy. You can have the best outcomes that you expect, but if you don't change the culture you're going to have momentary change but people always flow and ebb back to what they know yeah what they know which is a non-discipleship uh, transactional uh, decisionistic culture not a discipleistic we we're trying to create a discipleistic culture that's a that's a neat word to think about versus a decisionistic culture
0: yeah and it's tough because every time you think of how you win at church and i don't even like saying it that way but i think that's how people think how do we win at church right. attendance right. decisions m- giving that's more buildings numbers. number and 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 so and and listen all of those things do give us a glimpse at the health of our church but they're only telling part of the story yeah. and and they absolutely do not tell us the story as to whether or not our people are growing spiritually.
1: Yeah, culture is changed over time slowly, but the key way you change culture—this is the big one. This is a long. This is probably a whole podcast in itself, or multiple podcasts on culture. But I will, I will, uh, I will summarize it like this: Words create worlds. Okay. Or or language creates culture. So the language you use, the words you use, the things you highlight, the wins you as you use, the wins you celebrate is what your people will replicate. Okay, So if you're still celebrating attendance goals and uh, budget items and uh, offering uh, goals, all good things, uh, baptism goals, the amount of people you had last week, if you're celebrating that every week, guess what your people will celebrate those exact same things man we have that's gonna be what they strive for yeah and here's the thing you will create a culture that if you have a dip in the giving which if the economy tanks you will uh if you have uh, a dip in attendance with if somebody gets mad and leaves you will then your people are gonna say wow we're not being very effective pastor uh Wrong. Something's wrong with the church. How in the world did we yeah, how do we lose people? How do we lose giving? And what and sadly the only person to blame for programming your people to think that way sadly is us. Well, maybe them. Well, right? and maybe, you know how so so But what, I've done that before. <laughs> I have programmed a, a group of people right. to gauge success that way and the Lord convicted me and I I thought there's more to an effective, successful, if you use that word, church that's healthy and reaching people mm. than attendance, buildings, or cash. So one of the
0: reasons our discipleship groups might not be working is because we have not created or begun to create a culture of disciple-making. Yeah. And creating a culture is critical. One of the things that I've observed, i spent some time in the United States Marine Corps. I've never mentioned it on here before, maybe 40, 50 times. Um and one of the things I've learned about creating culture is when you go into boot camp, they actually change the names of everything you use there. They change the name of a pen to an ink stick. Shoes are called Go Faster. I know they're ridiculous names, but here's what they're trying to do. They're trying to change your day-to-day language so as you shift and change your language, as you mentioned before, language creates culture. And by removing that old language you have and jumping into this new language with a new group of guys, you become a, a unit together. And I think that's exactly speaking into what you're saying about creating culture in the church. When you begin to speak the same language and you begin to identify the wins as to what should be real wins, life changed, disciples made, spiritual growth, those are the things that we can say, wow, now our people better understand and now our discipleship groups
1: can work yeah and culture takes a long time to change we we've heard guys go into new churches uh they stop wearing suits one sunday and then they post on instagram and twitter changing the culture here at first baptist blank you know it's a new i love this line it's this my favorite quote unquote it's a new day at first baptist or so-and-so uh, church of whatever and uh it's like Bro, you're going to have to do more than change an outfit. No nope, no offense to an outfit change, but it takes a long time to change the culture of a church. And here's the thing. You didn't get there overnight, and so it's not going to change overnight. So you have to be patient. Remember this. Young leaders suffer from two challenges. Young leaders as in age or young leaders as in a new ministry assignment. We, we and, and going into a new uh, environment here at Long Hollow, I had to keep reminding myself of this very line. Young leaders suffer from two problems. Number one is they overestimate what God can do in the short term. Right. So they make quick decisions, fast decisions uh, quickly, and they change uh, abruptly. But they underestimate what God can do over the long haul. And so what they do is they forget that, man, we're not in this for a sprint. Right. We're in this for a marathon. And in the marathon, guys may go out the gate quickly, but you're not worried about them. You're running at your own pace because you realize you're going for the long haul. And so it's better to realize that it's going to take some time on the front end, and you have to be okay with that. We say it all the time. Discipleship is a crockpot recipe, not a microwavable dinner. Well,
0: and I think that's one of the reasons that discipleship groups are so difficult to sustain. Is because the you know the maintenance of the discipleship group is not anywhere near as difficult administratively as like life groups in Sunday school. Um, there's a lot less administrative work, but sustaining groups requires you to have in you know instill that culture to make disciples and to grow that culture and to be driving that culture. So let's get to some of these other uh, solutions. So we don't spend this entire podcast on culture. What are some other reasons? Discipleship groups might not be working, or you tried to launch them and they failed, so to speak. Give us some other.
1: Uh, yeah, the, another that. one is covenant. Well, let, let me say one more thing about the, the, the culture. I want to say because this is helpful. When you when changing the culture, you have to move from discipleship being a uh, a twelve week class you sign up for. A 40 day, uh, group you're going to meet with, uh, a semester long course you're going to take, uh, a Sunday school class you're going to be in, uh, a sermon series you're going to show up for. You see what I'm saying? So it's more than that. What I tell people is discipleship is not a class you take. It becomes the course of your life. It's the direction of you. This is what you do all the time. Okay. So that's how you change culture. Secondly, secondly, the big issue we find, and this is across the board, covenant. A lot of people will say, I can't get my groups to reproduce. And some of you are there listening. You've had people, you get all the way to the end, and they're like, man, we've met 12 months. Let's do 12 more. Why would they want to break up? This is the closest group of friends they've ever had in the church in their entire life. Why would I want to break that up? You can't blame them, right? And my last group, we just met 15 months candy was discipling the wives i was discipling the husbands we left that last meeting we looked at each other and candy said man i wish i could keep this group for years and i said me too we love the group however
0: wait before you
1: give us a solution let's take a brief break from our sponsor
0: do you ever feel like you don't know where to start with volunteer training or if you do is it hard to get everyone on the same place at the same time. Well, Ministry Grid makes it simple to train every volunteer and leader in your church. With a library of over 3,500 videos and 800 courses, you'll find training for every ministry area and leadership level. From volunteers to leaders to ministry directors, Ministry Grid's scope and sequence of training makes it easy to know who needs what training. Here's the best news of all. For the month of August, you can get unlimited access to Ministry Grid for your entire church for just 399 a year. And if you are locked in every year after that with this price, if you sign up now, if you want to take advantage of this incredible deal, just go to MinistryGrid.com slash podcast to get unlimited training for 399 And again, you'll be locking that in for the life of your church. Once again, that is MinistryGrid.com slash podcast. And we're back. You were trying to give us a solution to one of the issues. You know, groups are starting, but they're not multiplying. They're not, quote, unquote, they're not working. So you begin to give us a solution before I cut you off.
1: What is that solution? Yes, the solution is this. Or or the problem is groups don't replicate, right? We get to the end, groups are not replicating. The solution is, and some of you know this already, but we want to keep hammering it until you do it. You have to sign a covenant on the front end. You have to. Here's the thing. We live in a culture of people, uh, w- with people who don't commit to anything. Right. They don't want to commit to anything. They, they want to they pay monthly for things. They don't want long-term commitments. They like, to, they like to come and go. And so you have to fight that culture by saying, here's the deal. This is not a 10-week uh, class. This is not a month-long gathering. This is a 12-month time, 12 to 18 months. We're going to journey together. We're going to read the Bible together. We're going to spend time together. Right. We're going to memorize scripture together. We're going to hold each other accountable together. And then at the end of that time, Chris, we're going to replicate the group by investing in someone else down the road. Now, here's what they say right away. Most groups will say, that's not what I signed up for. I'm not, I'm not, I am i can not even, I can't even disciple my kids. How am I going to disciple adults? And what you say is that's Okay. I want you to pray about it down the road. Nobody gets in the group and says, I'll be ready to disciple two or three guys at the end. Nobody says that. But what happens is once they feel equipped, once you journey with them, and this is another reason why your groups have to be reproducible, do not do a lecture student model where you're teaching systematic theology week in and week out like I did for a few years, unfortunately. Well, what happened was the groups were great. We got finished you know what I'm saying? We we finished studying the incommunicable qualities of God. We studied the communicable qualities of God. We studied soteriology, eschatology, justification, sanctification, glorification, premillennialism, postmillennium. We studied it all. We studied the Kenosis theory. I mean we studied it all. And at the end of the group I said, All right, it's time guys to reproduce the group. They said, reproduce what? I can't do any of that. There's no way I can do that. (laughs) Now, listen, I have a seminary education. I loved what you did with it, but I can't reproduce it. So the Lord convicted me a couple years in. I thought, I cannot do that anymore. I've got to make it facilitating uh, a group in such a way where the group learns and grows and is accountable, but in such a way where they say, I can do that down the road.
0: Well, and I think this covenant is key because one, you're agreeing together, but I think you mentioned something else there at the end. It's not you teaching them a bunch of lessons when you're leading a group. It's each person holding each other accountable to applying God's
1: word. Not just reading, but applying God's word. That's so critical. So Dylan will tell you, Sunday, I had a lady in her church. She's been here since the beginning. She's been here way before I got here, but she's been here since the beginning of us getting here. Okay, so four years in. She, and she's a sweet lady, and uh, she, she's uh, got the gift at times of constructive criticism. Would you say, Dylan? You Sometimes just criticism. A lot of times, but she's sweet. So she comes up to me after church Sunday. She says, I just want to ask you a serious question. I said okay. She said, "Why do we not offer women's Bible studies on Wednesday night?" I said, "Well, um, this is not a new thing. We actually uh, repurposed—that's a key word. We repurposed women's Bible studies about three and a half you years didn't ago. Shut them right down, after you didn't I got kill here. Them, you didn't stop them. You repurposed. You repurposed it. You never say stop. You repurpose. And I said, here's the deal. We're not saying you can't lead a Bible study in your home.'" We're not saying you can't lead a Bible study in the community. What we're saying is we want people to be involved in three areas of their life on our pathway. We want everybody involved in worshiping God on Sunday, everybody in a life group, and we want everyone in a D group. And we realize if we give you a plethora of options to choose from, you are not going to choose one of those three pathway steps. You're going to always opt for what you know. I said you would agree with me. We're in a culture that is addicted to Bible study. And she said, no, you don't understand. I am in all of those. I'm in a D group. I'm in a life group. I just want a women's Bible study on, on Wednesday night. I said, great. Why don't you start one in your home? She said, well, I don't want to start one in my home. (laughs) She said, I want to come to one here. She said, I don't have the problem where I'm not going to do the pathway uh, at the expense of the Bible study. I said, you know what? You may not have the problem, which is probably true, but 90% of our people will. I said, here's the reality. People will always ebb and flow into... What they're used to. And what we have taught a generation or generations of people, multiple, I would say, yes. Yes, is the way you grow is another study, another topic, another lesson. I said, with all due respect, I said, with all due respect, with the love of Jesus, with the love of Jesus, of course. I say, with all due respect, you do not need another book that has blanks filled in to put Mm. on your shelf. Hmm. Now, I probably maybe should.
0: No, but I, that's the truth at though. At some point you need to start saying that. Well, kinds and she
1: received things. it. She received it. She left happy and she she okay. was okay. But uh the reality is it we uh, but that's leadership in a sense, Chris. Right. The, the you know, a part of me wants to say, "Oh, you're right. Let's give you a Bible study. Let's sure. make this That'd lady. be the happy. easy way. Yeah, let's. And make that's you what happy. most
0: that's what a lot of church leaders do. I don't want to make this individual mad. She's a key leader in our church. She's awesome. She's committed. Why wouldn't I help her do what her heart's calling her to do?
1: This is culture change. Mm. One of the things you got to realize is this, and you need to understand this if you're a leader in your church. You are not going to please everybody. So stop trying. Okay? Now, as pastors, we're normally sanguines, which is just a technical term for, we want to please people. I want to please people. I like to say wishy-washy. Okay, that's not what I'm talking <laughs> about. <laughs> You're pleasing people because you're wishy Sorry. sorry. Yeah. No, what I'm saying is naturally, well, you could be wishy-washy. Naturally, you want to please people as a pastor. Right. Because you want to shepherd. You want people sure. to grow. But the reality is this. Here's the thing about my sons. My sons just got punished. This is yesterday. From the pantry. Mm-hmm. Okay? They got punished from the pantry. I-, I hate to say it, but I saw this one coming. You knew it was coming. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's a revolving door in the pantry. Okay? Right. They haven't been eating dinner. They're not hungry. Well, naturally, you can see the remains of their uh, of their eating habits. Cheetos, b- bags everywhere, right. crackers. Now, how much of this are they learning from dad? Probably a lot. Uh, <laughs> candy wrappers everywhere, <laughs> ice creams from You're the fridge. are discipling
0: them in their diet.
1: I know. Well, <laughs> they like to eat. We all The Galladies like to eat. Okay? Understood. So Candy says, no more pantry. You're punished from the pantry. She said, You're, now you have to eat your dinner, what we put out, and then you can have a snack later. Now, here's mm. the thing. If we let them make the decision in the home – they're always going to opt for... Same at my house. Same thing. They're going to opt for candy, cookies, and cotton candy all day long. The three Cs. Three Cs. There you go. But here's the problem. They can't grow that way. They think they can grow that way, but as the parent and and the responsible person in the home, we know better. Okay. As a leader in the church, if you let your people eat at will in free-range graze, right. they're going to graze all day long on Bible study, after Bible study, after Whatever's Bible study. Whatever's delivered to them. And I'm not saying Bible studies are wrong. Don't hear what we're, we're, we're not saying. But what we're saying is this. Bible study alone is not going to produce a disciple. And we've covered this a lot, but, I mean, there's no intimacy. There's no accountability. There's no transparency. There's no confidentiality. There's no cover. I mean, there's so many reasons for that. So what what I, in a sense, was telling this lady was, as the leadership of this church that you have been entrusted to our care. We believe the best thing for you is to get you in a life group of people your age, stages of life, but also in an intimate, accountable, reproducible discipleship group that after 12 or 18 months, then you step into the role as leader and then now you're investing in people who invest in people for the glory of God.
0: Well, we've got a lot more on the subject. I think we're going to have to do a follow-up podcast because we've got at least one big key issue that we have to address and, and several issues under We have an
1: answer for the big one. We the have next an podcast. We have an we ne- answer.
0: For we've, we've got to do Why Your Discipleship Groups Don't Work, part two, and that will be next week. But I do want to talk about our friends at the LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network. Have you heard of the podcast called Group Answers with Chris Surratt and Brian Daniel? Take a listen. You're going to enjoy it. It's part of the Lifeway Leadership Podcast Network as well. And they have topics such as building a growth track, power ranking groups systems. Wow, I don't even know what that means. But I I talked to
1: Brian Daniel at the convention.
0: Yes. and He's a sharp guy. He's a good guy. He's a good guy. I always thought Chris was the better of the two, but you're starting to win me over to Brian. Brian's
1: starting to win me over.
0: Just look up Group Answers on your favorite podcasting app and subscribe today. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Making Disciples with Robbie Gallaty. If you don't mind, take a moment to subscribe and share the podcast. You can find out more about disciple making, resources related to disciple making, and our customized training on our website at replicate.org.